Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, or listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you got to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Facebook, and Instagram, all you have to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. There is a trivia question on today's Instagram story. Go and answer it, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. NFL day today. Good week six. Electrifying week six. A lot of things that happened that were kind of shocking. Two games in particular. Two teams are no longer undefeated. You already know who I'm talking about. You've probably already seen it. Week 7 is going to be a doozy, I assume. Um, there's some good games on in Week 7 that we're going to talk about, and we're going to preview and predict. We're going to recap some of the top matchups of Week 6 here in a little bit. Also, we're going to mention a couple of injury reports. We're going to talk about that and dive deep into that for a little bit. And some stuff going on within two weeks, Halloween. Nothing in particular, a deadline or something that must be going on on Halloween. <laughs> You'll probably already know about it. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Like each episode. Uh, you know, keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy on there. Audio, Facebook, uh, audio, Podbean, Spotify, Apple. Plug in on there. Facebook, X, and Instagram. Keep plugging in on there. And just message me, comments, DMs, anything for all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. And keep plugging in to the show. Now, before we dive deep into the week six recap, and before we dive deep into the week seven predictions to conclude today's episode, we'll go over the trade deadline before we, you know, do the week seven preview and predictions. But let's talk about the injury reports really quick. Just going to name them off a few, not any two in particular, uh, since we did, you know, since a, like a mini pigskin frenzy injury report last week. Let's start off with some guys that are coming back, and it is Going down in Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray is back at practice. He practiced yesterday. He's a, He was a full go. He's ready to go, it seems like. And it seems like he is nearing a return to play some Cardinal football. So we'll see what happens with Kyler Murray. Also on that list, safety Buda Baker for the Cardinals is nearing a return, it seems like. And he is getting slowly removed from IR. I do not have any updates from the Giants yet. Uh, I think the same update is going on with Daniel Jones. He's dead today. Same with Saquon and same with Andrew Thomas for the Giants. We also, also, Kyron Williams, the Rams running back. He hurt his ankle. He's expected to miss some games. Tough break there as they were establishing a good running game for the Los Angeles Rams, you know, there. So he's expected to miss some time and expected to be back around week 11. So, that's around, That's pretty much IR. That's around four weeks going into week seven. So around four weeks, four games. Uh, Kyron Williams is expected to be back then. Now, Lions running back, David Montgomery, and I will mention this in the recap uh, once more. He left the game due to a rib injury and is now expected to miss some time. That's all I know for now, but he's doubtful to play Sunday. Bears quarterback Justin Fields is also doubtful to play. He dislocated his thumb. There is no timetable for him. Uh, we do not know uh, the specifics yet, but he dislocated his thumb in you know last week's game, and he is expected to miss you know the Raiders game coming up Sunday. Now more injuries. 49ers quarterback, 49ers running back. Sorry, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey is 
could, this is, you know, per the San Francisco Chronicle, could play could play Monday night against the Vikings. Same with Debo Samuel and same with Trent Williams. Uh, they are listed as probable in day-to-day, but they could still suit up Monday against the Vikings. That's what I have been told and what I've you know been seeing uh, around in the sources of the league. So we got those down. Uh Joey Bosa came back. Austin Eckler's back. A lot of those guys have come back. Those are a lot of the injuries that I know of currently in around the league. Also, one big injury that I, you know, before I, you know, move on to the week six recap that I forgot to add. Quarterback Anthony Richardson for the Indianapolis Colts is out for the remainder of the year. He is going to, he's expected to have surgery, uh, surgery, <laughs> surgery on his shoulder, shoulder surgery, and expected to, you know, get the AC part of his shoulder fixed. So uh, he is out for the remainder of 2023. Gardner eventually looks like the guy for the rest of the season and tough break for Anthony Richardson. He was having a solid rookie season so far and it kind of ended in injury and ended his rookie year, his first season in the NFL in kind of a disappointing, you know, disappointing fashion. So prayers and speedy recovery to Anthony Richardson as he gets shoulder surgery, uh, you know, to to fix a lot of his, you know, AC issues going on in his shoulder, uh, you know, for and just wishing for the re- remainder of the season, you know, healthy and thoughts and prayers to him as well. So Anthony Richardson out. Those are the league injuries so far that I know of. Uh, I'll update any everybody on Pigskin Frenzy's X and social media pages to, you know, confirm more uh, for, you know, you know, for NFL and news and highlights. So moving on from the injury report, let's talk about the recap for week six. Now, games, by the way, and I'm just going to point this out, ladies and gentlemen, 4-0 in my picks this week got all of them right. If you listened to last week's episode, you already know who I picked. If you're just now becoming a listener of Pigskin Frenzy, I'm going to tell you who I picked. <laughs> so, Four and O. Oh. Here we go. Ravens, Titans, London game, international game. Uh, I said it was going to be a close one. I said that the Titans were going to, you know, play them hard and play them well, but I had the Ravens winning, and I was right about that. Final score, Ravens 24, Titans 16. Lamar Jackson played pretty well, I, I would assume. I I don't think it was a overall, you know, spectacular game for both teams. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to give you another injury report because these injury reports just keep coming up on my pieces of paper. I have papers this time now. I have a whole show right here. So, Lamar Jackson. Let's go into the stats, and we'll talk about the game itself. Lamar Jackson, 21 for 30 with 223 yards and a touchdown with one interception. 13 carries with 62 yards for him. Gus Edwards, 16 carries with 41 yards. Mark Andrews, four receptions with with 69 yards. Zay Flowers, six receptions with 50 yards and a touchdown. And the defense played exceptionally well. Uh, It was led by linebacker Patrick Queen with seven tackles and safety Geno Stone who picked off Ryan Tannehill. Now, going into Ryan Tannehill, uh, we have an update for him. He was also injured during this game. He was 8 for 16 with 76 yards and an interception. He left the remainder of the game in the second half due to a high right ankle sprain. He is doubtful for Sunday. Malik Willis, 4 for 5 with 74 yards, 3 carries of 17 yards. He came in for Tannehill. Derek Henry, we're going to talk about him later on in the show. You're probably thinking, oh no, why? I'm going to tell you why. Just get just get to it later. Derek Henry, 12 carries with 97 yards and a touchdown. Tajay Spears, 4 
four carries with 15 yards, one reception with 48 yards. Nick Westbrook, three receptions with 25 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, he caught a pass for 20 yards. Defense played with lots of toughness, led by linebacker Aziz Al-Shair with nine tackles. And defensive back Sean Murphy Bunting with three tackles and an interception, who came over from Tampa Bay to now Tennessee this season. So, Overall game, I read the stats off overall game between the two teams. Titans played okay. They looked a little bit, you know, they looked good on defense, a little bit out of sync and out of rhythm on offense. Uh, They just couldn't really get anything going. They played a little bit more of a slow pace this go around. Lamar Jackson, they played played okay. They played decent. They just had a, a tough time with, you know, figuring out a little bit of that defense for the Tennessee Titans. And nothing wrong with that. Tennessee's defense is playing pretty exceptional. So, Give Tennessee a lot of credit for staying in that game. I thought that game was going to be close. I thought that game was going to be something to kind of tune into, and it was. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, helped them in that game, especially, and gave them the win. So Ravens 24, Titans 16. Ravens are going to keep rolling, and I'm going to get to the Ravens later on in the show. Uh, They are 4-2, and and they look like they are rolling. Titans still on the drawing board, still trying to figure out what's going on in the AFC South, and we're going to get to the AFC, an AFC South game in a minute, and they are you know, kind of keeping an eye on what's going on here with the South. So final score, 24 Ravens, 16 Titans. Ravens are going to keep it rolling, and they looked pretty solid uh, in this game. Defense for the Titans, didn't, didn't let up, and they look pretty solid as well. So, moving on, let's talk about the Jaguars and the Colts. Uh, I didn't really have a lot to say on the Ravens and Titans. It, it seemed like, you know, oh, you were really quick with that game. But I, it, it's just as simple as, you know, the Titans played well on defense, but they couldn't get a rhythm going on offense to sustain and try to get a, you know, ISA win and slow. And not even that, just they played well on defense, but not enough to slow down Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson helped them get the win. So it, that's just all I really had to say about the Ravens and the Titans. Moving on, Jaguars and Colts, AFC South battle, just what I was talking about. I said that the Jaguars were going to beat the Colts in a close game. I was right and wrong. I will say right. I, I was right on the outcome. I said the Jaguars were going to win. They did win the game, but the score of the game was a little bit was a little bit lopsided. The score was, you know, furthered out, right? The gap was furthered. Final score, Jaguars 37, Colts 20. Man, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne had a good game. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. They really played well in this game. Uh, I'm kind of getting a little high on Jacksonville just because of, you know, how they can control the ball on offense, how they they can maintain ball security, how they can control and have a pace and rhythm on offense. I really like Jacksonville and their rhythm when they move the ball down the field. I'm just, I I like that. You know, I like what they do there. So, Trevor Lawrence, 20 for 30 with 181 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, three carries with 15 yards. Travis Etienne played a good game, 18 carries with 55 yards and two touchdowns. I said they needed to feed Travis Etienne and they did. So, kudos. They fed Travis Etienne the ball and they gave him a couple scores on top of that. Christian Kirk. Hello, Mr. Kirk. How are you doing? You had three receptions with 49 yards and a touchdown. He played lights out this game. Uh, Evan Ingram, seven receptions with 41 yards. And Brenton Strange, the other tight end, rotating out with Evan Ingram, two receptions with 27 yards and one touchdown. Uh, They played good on offense. The defense also played good. They provided four takeaways, a fumble, including three interceptions from defensive backs Andre Sisco, Darius Williams, and Rayshon Jenkins all picked off Gardner Minshew. They played an overall solid game. So 
Let's move on really quick. Sorry, I'm going to change my notes here. Let's go with the Colts. Gardner Minshew, 33 for 45 with 329 yards and a touchdown with three interceptions. Zach Moss, the running back, he rotated out with a returning Jonathan Taylor. We'll get to Taylor in a minute. Seven carries with 21 yards and a touchdown with six receptions and 38 yards. Jonathan Taylor, eight carries with 19 yards, five receptions with 46 yards. Michael Pittman had nine receptions with 109 yards. Kylan Granson, three receptions with 67 yards. And Josh Downs, the rookie out of North Carolina, five receptions with 21 yards and two and one touchdown. Defense made a few big plays, but it was just not enough to try to you know keep up with Jacksonville. But they made a few good plays, uh, led by linebacker Zaire Franklin with six tackles and rookie defensive back out of Kansas State Juju Brent with an interception from Trevor Lawrence. So. Colts, Jaguars. Let me just talk about this separation. I feel like, and this is just my my thoughts on this, in the South, the Jaguars are just right now the overall more complete team in that division. Colts are still trying to figure out something. The Colts are also beat up. Look, they just lost Anthony Richardson for the season, okay? They lost him with an AC, with a with you know shoulder shoulder injury and AC issues, and he's having surgery soon on that. So um, they lost him for the season. That's a big part of their playbook. Uh, they just now got back Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor is still trying to get the rhythm and still trying to get everything going. He hadn't played in a while. He got hurt last year. Nehemiah, knee, I remind you guys, you know, NFL enthusiasts and NFL fan watchers here. They He, he got hurt. He, he hurt his knee. So you got to think just for a little bit when you look, you know, when you look at the Colts right now, they're kind of just a little bit kind of stacking things together and still trying to figure things out. Jacksonville won the division last year. They made it to the playoffs last year again in the divisional round against the Kansas City Chiefs. Played a close game against the Chiefs. They lost, but they look and they seem more ready, right? They just seem more ready, and it just overall, the team just looks, you know, and seems more ready and seems more built. Right, so when you look at them and when you see them, you know they just seem more ready than the Colts. Now, keep an eye on one team in the South, the Texans. The Texans look solid. Three-game winning streak. They're three and three. They have a bye week this week, but C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's is getting that team rolling. I am kind of high on the Texans right now, uh, and their stock is, you know, kind of rose a little bit. So I would assume right now, and when you look at them how you would rank the South, I would rank it Jaguars, Texans, Colts, Titans. And that's how you would rank it right now. But final score, 37-20, sorry, 37-20, Jacksonville defeats Indianapolis. So uh, they look good. We'll see what the Jaguars do. They have a tough game tonight. Saints, by the way, the Jaguars play the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans on prime. We're going to see how that game goes there. So, Moving on, and let's talk about the Lions and the Buccaneers. Now, two teams I'm also high on. Uh, I'm high on the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers are surprising me. I am high on the Detroit Lions, especially because they're surprising me and what they are doing here. So, I said the Lions were going to win this game. I thought it was going to be close. It really, play-wise, wasn't close. When you think about it, it wasn't close play-wise, but we're going to talk about it. Final score, Lions 20, Buccaneers 6. Lions defeat the Buccaneers 20-6. to Let's go with the stats, and we'll talk about the game overall. 
Jared Goff, 30 for 44 with 353 yards and two touchdowns. David Montgomery had six carries with 14 yards and caught a pass for 19 yards. He left the game with a rib injury and is now expected to miss some time. Craig Reynolds took over for him, 10 carries with 15 yards, two receptions with 28 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, 12 receptions with 124 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jamison Williams, welcome back, Jamison Williams. He had two receptions with 53 yards and a touchdown. He has been out due to suspension. Josh Reynolds, three receptions with 50 yards. Sam Laporta, the rookie sensation tight end out of Iowa. He had had four receptions with 36 yards, and the defense played solid as usual with linebacker Alex Alex. Alazone leading the way with nine total tackles and safety Will Harris adding an interception to that as well. Let's go with the Buccaneers stats and then we'll talk about the game. 19 for 37 with Baker Mayfield with 206 yards and an interception. Rashad White, six carries with 77 yards and three receptions with 12 yards. Chris Godwin, six receptions with 77 yards. And Mike Evans, four receptions with 49 yards. Trey Palmer, two receptions with 47 yards. And the defense was highlighted by Levante David with 12 total tackles and a sack. The defense played lights out when you look at it. The defense played lights out. Um... I think the defense held their own against a tough Lions team when Jared Goff was just trying to light it up through the air and trying to, you know, pick those matchups right, right? But the middle of the field with Levante David, he he played lights out. He had good tackles, good open field tackling, and added a sack to Jared Goff. They gave it all they had to the Lions. But the Lions right now just seem like they are on fire. They seem motivated, and they seem like they have everything together in place. I think the Lions right now in the NFC North, spoiler alert, haven't won the NFC North yet. That may have been a spoiler alert for the trivia question. So, haven't won the North yet. So, the Lions could be well on their way to their first ever division championship, their first division title, Pin drop, right? When you think about the, that, think about that. The Lions are five and one now. They're a team that you probably have to start taking seriously. Uh, and if, and I'm just gonna say this right now, the Ravens is a good, solid test for them. If they somehow pull off the win Sunday, what's gonna happen, right? I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of talk right now. The Raven, the, the Ravens are a solid team. That's a tough team to play against, especially in Baltimore. If the Lions go on the road and defeat them and get their sixth win of the year, six and one, and match half of their win total from last season, I'm just saying the Lions look well hungry and well ready enough to try to make a playoff run. And the Lions are a solid team. They're a for real team. Just do not underestimate them at this point in time. They are rocking and rolling on both sides, on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Now, what does this mean for the, the Buccaneers? Buccaneers, I'm still high on them. They, their defense played really, really well. Now, they played really well on defense. They just really couldn't get anything going on offense. Why? Because the Lions defense is tough as nails. They have a stingy defense with Alex Alazon, Will Harris. They got Aiden Hutchinson on the line. Uh, they got guys like Benito up up front. I mean, the Lions have a solid team. I think that when you look at their defense, it was just hard to try to, to, to try to get some points on them, right? And that's a Lions team that is hard to score against, especially this season. So uh, they got six, and they tried their absolute best. I think the Buccaneers did what they could, right? They did what they could. 
against a tough and stingy Lions team. That's that's all I really got to say. I'm still high on the Buccaneers. They play a they play a Falcons team that I think the Buccaneers have a strong shot at beating Sunday. I think the the Buccaneers have a strong shot right now currently to probably win the NFC South. I think they're good enough to. It's just it's just hard when you're up against a team that right now and this is kind of shocking to say this guys, but they're better than probably a few, quite a few teams in the league right now. Uh, and, it, and it's tough. And it's like shocking to say that. Like, what? The Detroit Lions are better than some teams? Yeah, they actually are. They actually are better than some teams. I'm wearing blue right now, for probably in support of Detroit. I'm, I'm not really wearing any Lions gear right now. It's just a Columbia. But listen, I think that the Lions are good enough to make some impacts and, and surprise some top teams in this league right now. So, uh, final score, 20, Lions, Buccaneers, 6. Buccaneers, they're going to get back on track. I believe in them. I believe in them. Lions, they're going to keep. The, they're gonna try, look to try to keep the ball rolling Sunday. Let's see what happens in this journey for Detroit. This season is turning into an interesting one. Teams that you don't expect to play as well are rising up, and teams that, teams that you expected to, you know, achieve are kind of underachieving a little bit. So, interesting season for the NFL this year. And this game... And this team, these two teams have kind of proved that. So moving on, Monday Night Football, Chargers and Cowboys. I was right about this one as well. The outcome was sort of right on. I thought the score was going to be a little bit higher. But nonetheless, I said field goal win, and it was. Final score, Cowboys 20, Chargers 17. Let me go on and tell you something. Uh, Overall, good game, and the Chargers put up six sacks. Six sacks. They had six sacks. They played a little bit better on defense but they couldn't stop the Cowboys when it counted. And the Chargers kind of had some self-inflicted errors. So Cowboys 20, Chargers 17. Let's go with the Cowboys. Go with the Chargers, and then we will wrap up the Week 6 recap. Uh, Dak Prescott, 21 for 30 with 272 yards and a touchdown. He also had seven carries with 40 yards and a touchdown. Played played some good ball. Tony Pollard, 15 carries with 30 yards, six six receptions with 80 yards. Brandon Cooks, their new guy, their new receiver coming in from Houston. Brandon Cooks, four receptions with 36 yards and a touchdown. He had one carry for 14 yards. CeeDee Lamb, he wanted to get more involved in the offense. He had some heated discussions with head coach Mike McCarthy about it, and well, he did get involved in the offense a lot more Monday. Seven receptions with 117 yards. No touchdowns, but he got 117 yards, you know, Monday. So, the defense played solid once again, and it was highlighted by linebacker Damone Clark with eight total tackles and defensive backs Stephon Gilmore with three tackles and a late seal the game win interception. We're going to talk about the Chargers now. Justin Herbert, quarterback, $260 million quarterback. Justin Herbert, 22 for 37 with 227 yards and two touchdowns with one interception, six carries, and sorry, with 20 yards, six carries with 20 yards on the ground. He had a pick that sealed the game for the Cowboys. Austin Eckler, 14 carries with 27 yards, four receptions with 35 yards. Keenan Allen, seven receptions with 85 yards and a touchdown. Joshua Palmer, a receiver out of Tennessee, he replaces Mike Williams after he is ruled out for the year with a torn ACL. Four receptions with 60 yards. Gerald Everett, three receptions with 16 yards and a touchdown. Uh, defense showed moments of flash, but not enough to slow down this Dallas offense. Linebacker Kenneth, Mur- Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, he played well with eight tackles. So, Chargers, and we're going to go, I usually go a winner first, 
but we're gonna go with we're gonna go with Chargers first in winner. Chargers are a team that have so much potential to be something. They have a, a potential to 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 make plays, to make games happen, and to win some of these games. Honestly, if this was last year, I would have picked the Chargers to beat Dallas. But their defense is just kind of in a, in, a, in a stage right now where they played good and they had six sacks and a bunch of tackles. They played a little bit more stingy on defense. And that may have been the Cowboys too. The Cowboys are coming off of a pretty big loss against the Niners. So, But when you look at it, and you, and you look at it from both sides, they played stingy, but when it counted, they didn't really stop the Cowboys. Dallas still moved the ball pretty well. They still had some some good plays. Uh, Tony Pollard, big sixty yard catch that could have been. Um, it could have been, you know, not really. It could have been stopped. It could have been stopped at midfield, but they couldn't tackle him. Uh, they should have tackled him. It's one of those things where the Chargers still have some learning to do on defense and coaching needs to get better for the Chargers. I think the coaching definitely 100% needs to get better for the Chargers to make some noise in the AFC West and not only in their division, but to make some noise in the conference and in the league itself. They have the talent to, but they just need to be coached a lot better to make that noise happen. So the Chargers could be so much more than they actually are. And and that's just my thing about the Chargers. They could be so much more than they really are. And, and I believe that. So they just got to show me and everybody out there something that they can contend. Right now, they're not really contending and they're not showing it. But if they coach a lot better and they play a lot better defense to where, okay, we can stop, make a couple of crucial stops in games, they can win some games and They'll show us something. So that's the Chargers. Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys, they escaped a good win here. They, they was This was a, a, a big escape for them. I think they were on the ropes a tiny bit. Uh, their defense, once again, proved to be you know efficient and made some crucial stops when if needed. Justin Herbert threw a, a, a late interception to ice the game. Uh, you know, and Stephon Gilmore got a, got the pick to ice the game for the Cowboys. Uh, veteran defense back, by the way, Stephon Gilmore. Uh and, and listen, the Cowboys have have had you know they they play pretty solid on offense. They uh, need some a little bit need a little bit more work on the O line, and they 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 gave up six sacks. I mean that's tough against against a defense that is ranked thirty second in the league. It, it is tough, I and mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and am I hating on the Chargers? It's fact. If you want to go look it up, it's the truth. It's thirty second in the league, but the Chargers you know played good and they played their best, but. It's still 30-second defense, six sacks. The Cowboys need to work a little bit on their pass protection, right? But on the flip side, they established the run pretty good with Tony Pollard, and Tony Pollard was a good asset in this game, along with C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb played lights out, and he played a pretty good game as well. The Cowboys' defense made some crucial stops if net, when needed, and that has been proven on who the Cowboys really are. You know, they're a defensive team, and they're a team that, okay, you got to watch out for their defense to make a big splash play to ice the game for them and to win them the ball game. So that's just who the Dallas Cowboys are right now. And listen, that's just how they're winning their ball games, and that's totally fine, right? That is totally okay for them. So final score, Cowboys 20, Chargers 17. Cowboys move on. Uh, Chargers are two and three. We're going to see what happens Sunday. They go to Arrowhead, and we're going to talk about that game here in just a little bit. That was the week six NFL recap, and we're going to move on 
because there's two big things happening in football on October 31st, and we're going to take a break before we predict some games for Week 7. Two big things happening on Halloween for football. One, the college football rankings. There's the college football playoff rankings, their first set, comes out on Halloween. And then number two, in two weeks, the NFL trade deadline at 4 Eastern concludes. So the trade deadline. We're going to talk about some players that we need to watch out for in this deadline. I should have talked about it sooner. I wasn't thinking. I was too wrapped up in games. But now we're going to talk about this. We got to. This is something we got to discuss. And some of these players could be on the move. And that could impact player teams. It can impact organizations. It can impact team seasons. So let's watch. There's players to watch out for. And players that are unlikely but not really out of the woods yet. And we're going to talk about them. So, players to watch out for. Uh, a lot of Broncos names on here. Uh, Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy. Uh, there's been some rumors that the Broncos are looking to clean house this season, or after this season, uh, due to the fact that they could be high in the draft. And, you know, hello, USC quarterback Caleb Williams, is that you? Uh, they could be you know, vying for his services there in the 2024 NFL draft, but that's all hearsay. We're gonna get, we'll get to that, you know, you know, later on. But Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy, a, a player, a, a player of his stature and where he could go. Uh, I'm hearing the Carolina Panthers. And, and I'm not really not against that. Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers, they are high on Bryce Young. It's not, the Panthers are not playing well, bad. They're not playing well because of Bryce Young. It's not because of him. They're playing, they're not playing well because they don't really have the necessary help to help Bryce Young out. They don't have the weapons around Bryce Young. This is going to be a, a couple of years, a few year project. Okay, and it's like a project. It's like building a, pu a big puzzle together, a long puzzle. First piece of the puzzle was adding your franchise quarterback in there. Then you get weapons around him. I think a big weapon would be Jerry Judy. If you add Jerry Judy, because you got Adam Thielen, you do have Chark, but if you need more, you need more than just that. Jerry Judy, adding him there would be a, a actually an Alabama player. He's, an, he's a former Alabama alumni. So Jerry Judy would be a good fit for a fellow, another Alabama player in Bryce Young. It would be a good fit for that offense. I think the Panthers would be something to look out for there and during the deadline. Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton. Uh, Sutton. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about New England for Cortland Sutton, and I think New England would be a good option for Cortland Sutton as well. Uh, that would be a good a landing spot for him, and uh, just to give a little bit more help for Mac Jones. The Patriots are not looking so hot right now. Uh, their stock's kind of dropped so uh that was not not a good noise i just made on the microphone but it's just you know Cortland sutton, sutton could add a little bit of a good piece to that offense so broncos Cortland sutton is also on that list Bengals wide receiver t higgins is also on this list to watch out for i've been hearing a lot about t higgins uh going to uh, a couple of teams actually one the raiders t higgins going to the raiders i could very well see that uh T. Higgins, I could see him going also to 
Carolina. I thought about that. There's another name right there for Carolina. T. Higgins going to the Raiders or Carolina. The Panthers could help out Bryce Young. It could help out Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae, and Devontae Adams there in Las Vegas. They are, they've been kind of in trade talks with T. Higgins to see where they can land him, but they also were really high on T. Higgins. It was kind of a, a stalemate at this point. There's been a lot of rumors about trading him away. I don't know why. I think T. Higgins is a good, a good secondary option for Joe Burrow behind Jamar Chase. So let's see what happens with T. Higgins. It could be a move that's unlikely, but it could be a move to watch out for. So who knows? Uh, and we also had a trade here, by the way, and I added this to the list. I said Jets wide receiver Miko Hartman when I was making my notes, but news broke yesterday that Chiefs, the Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, have traded for wide receiver Miko Hartman. So a reunion just happened. They traded a late, they traded back for Miko Hartman, they gave a late a late round pick to the Jets, and now the Jets have sent wide receiver Miko Hartman back to the Kansas City Chiefs. So welcome back, Miko Hartman, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's one player that's off the list for players to watch out for around the deadline, before the deadline. A player to watch out for here, Panthers linebacker Brian Burns. I think Brian Burns would be a good package there. I heard a little bit about Houston with Brian Burns, and that would be something to watch out for. Brian Burns and also... If you look at it, Brian Burns and Will Anderson on one end. Good thing going there. I think a good a good area for him would be Houston just to try to, you know, mix it up, have two linebackers, one, one edge, one edge linebacker on one end, one edge linebacker on the other with Will Anderson. Just built up, just build up that 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 stingy Houston defense even more with Brian Burns. That would be a good landing spot for him. I've been hearing about that as well. Vikings linebacker and defensive end, Daniil Hunter. I've been hearing a lot of Daniil Hunter being traded. I've been hearing a little bit about the Seahawks, and I think that would be a good uh, landing spot for him. I think if you look at it, they probably do need somebody uh, up in Seattle, and I think Daniil Hunter as an edge rusher could add some help to that D-line uh, you know, for them. So I think Daniil Hunter in Seattle could work. I think that's a good landing spot for him as well. Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams – I've been hearing a lot about Giants Stevens lineman Leonard Williams. I think, uh, I think this is my prediction on this one too. I heard a lot about Detroit, and I just don't think the the NFL would be really ready for that. And that's just my take on that. I don't think the I don't think the NFL is really ready for that. I don't. I don't think they are uh, ready for a Leonard Williams to go to the you know the Lions, and just add more beef to that defensive line with Aiden Hutchinson, with guys like uh, Benito, right? So, uh, I would just say, I would, if I'm if I'm Aiden Hutch, if I'm if I'm Leonard Williams in the Lions, I wouldn't be ready for that. So, uh, just watch out for that. Uh, Leonard Williams, if he goes to the Lions, just just prepare for that and trade lightly on that. Leonard Williams to the Lions would be a good for the Lions. I don't know how much so for opponents. So uh, Broncos linebacker Josie Jewell. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about the Miami Dolphins with him. Uh, a good one there. I think it would be a, it would fill in the void for in the linebacker spot for the Miami Dolphins. So Josie Jewell, solid player there, and he and the Miami Dolphins could be picking up somebody good. And, you know, if they make a trade for him on the deadline, uh, these are all not happening. I'm not saying they're happening or they are happening or what. I'm just saying these are teams that I'm hearing 
you know, for these players. Broncos safety, Justin Simmons, I've been hearing the Eagles, the Eagles with Reed Blankenship and guys like that on the, on the in the secondary area, Darius Slay. Uh, Justin Simmons would make a good, good libel asset for the Eagles secondary. I think Justin Simmons is a good team. You know, Justin Simmons is a good player. He's still got some ball left in him, and I think he's a solid player for the Eagles. He would be a solid player for the Eagles defense in their secondary. Cardinal safety, Buda Baker. And I've been hearing a lot about the New England Patriots. I've been hearing about the Patriots with safety Buda Baker and adding some depth into their secondary and let him lead, you know, let him lead the team, you know, on defense up in Foxborough. So I've been hearing a lot about that as well. And finally, you're going to think, okay, you just mentioned him earlier. And why are we going to talk about him here? I said Titans running back Derrick Henry was going to be talked about. And here it is. Player to watch out for, tight Titans running back Derek Henry. They are in the process of talking about packages, and they're in the process of trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. Uh, and then and, and listen, when you look at Derrick Henry, uh, it's no secret that a trade has been rumored ever since the offseason. Uh, and, and I think if you want to hit a package deal home with Derrick Henry, now's the time. I think Derrick Henry has, I think the Derrick Henry thing in, in Tennessee Titans and hitting him and his, in the, in the, honestly, and this is, let me just reword this, rephrase this so I don't sound like I'm a stuttering mess here. I feel like the relationship has kind of set its course. The ship has kind of sailed between Titans running back Derrick Henry and the Titans itself. I think Derrick Henry, and I'm not saying the relationship's not good. It's a good relationship. I just feel like Derrick Henry may want different things, and it seems like he is the type of person that wants to win more and be on a winning team, and I think he's ready to win some titles. And I think Derrick Henry is a championship running back, and I think adding him to a team would be uh, another team would be would suffice. I've been hearing a lot about, and you're going to say, you've been mentioning them getting a running back for a long time now, but Tampa Bay. I've been, I've been hearing a lot about Tampa Bay getting a running back, and I think Derrick Henry and the Buccaneers could be a good, it would be a good spot for, you know, Derrick Henry. Baker Mayfield handing it off to Derrick Henry and then rotating out with Rashad White. That would be a good combo, I think, and I think a good landing spot for Derrick Henry could be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they're coming up with packages there. Deadline is two weeks away on Halloween. It ends for Eastern October 31st, again, Halloween, trick-or-treat for a lot of NFL teams out there. Uh, we'll talk more about the deadline probably next week as well before Halloween, and I'll keep up with it on X and social media for Pigskin Frenzy. Names that are unlikely but are not out of the woods, I'm going to name a couple. Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams, he seems like he's been a little unhappy with the way the offense has been progressing all not just not going before the season started, but especially now that the season has started. Uh, not only him, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, he's expected to be a free agent this year, but they were talking to talking to him a little bit about trading him a little while ago before free agent, free agency hits. But it's expected, and it's expected what I've been hearing that they're not going to trade him, and that he is expected to remain with the Vikings for the rest of the 2023 season, and that he will test out free agency and see what every and where everything goes for him there. So, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins and Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams names that are unlikely, but are not too out of, not too out of the woods, if you, if that makes sense. So that's the trade deadline. Once again, Halloween. 
Tune in for Eastern. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to keep you up to date on social media. Just keep plugging in, and I will give you all the deets and news and highlights here in Pigskin Frenzy, so just keep up with it. <sighs> Show's almost over, guys. Week 17. I was stacking those papers like a fool. <laughs> so, week 7. Preview and predictions. We're going to talk about the top matchups, and then we're going to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Let's kick it off with Sunday, 1 Eastern, 12 Central Time. Lions at the Ravens. 5-1 Lions at Ravens, 4-2. Tough game for both teams. And you're going to say, oh, it's not a tough game for for the Ravens. No, 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 no. No, it is. No, trust me, it is. It's a tough game for the Ravens. The Lions are a solid team this year. They're no joke, and I would not tread lightly on them. So, here are the keys to the game. And and for the Ravens, it's pretty simple and it's pretty basic. I would run a high-octane, I mean, run your high-octane offense and try to find a way to tire out the Lions' defense, uh, It's if possible. Uh, try to figure out a way to out-physical them and tire them out up front and then you can beat them that way because if you tire the defense defense down for the Lions, everything else around the team will fall into place because that defense has been solid for the Lions. And I think that's the majority of their team right now is that defense. They got a good offense, but their defense has been playing better a little bit. So I would say like the Cowboys in a way, the Lions defense is pretty stingy. So, uh, And for the Lions to win, don't get tired on defense and contain Lamar Jackson. If you contain Lamar Jackson and slow him down and limit him and limit their offense, because he's majority of their offense, you limit him, you got the game. And I think it's an it, it's a good win if you contain Lamar. So who do I have winning this game? Back and forth, close game. Uh, you got to look at the matchups. You have to look at the matchups. And the big question I have about this game is the O-line and the defensive line again. When you play the Lions, you have to be prepared to have a line of scrimmage war with them. you got to try to figure out a way to out-physical them up front, okay? My prediction for this and my win on this, my, my pick on this one, I think the Lions do it. <laughs> I really do. I think the Lions are going to go into Baltimore and win this game outright. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have Baltimore winning this game. And it's good. Good pick. It's not a bad pick. It's an, it's, an, it's an opinionated thing. It's my opinion that I think the Lions are going to beat the Ravens. I think the Lions win this game. I think the Lions uh, move to 6-1 and one and, and, the, and the Ravens go to 4-3. and three. Lions win it by a score of 27-24. 27-24. Lions 27, Ravens 24 by a field goal and the Lions move to 6-1 and one, and they are going to be pumped up in Detroit getting their sixth win. Haven't done that in a while and haven't seen that in a while from Detroit, but 27-24, the Lions defeat and upset the Ravens on the road. Next game, Chargers at Chiefs. Chargers are two and three. Chiefs was five and one. Uh, and these are two keys that I would expect here. Uh, both defense. Uh, the defense needs to find a way to contain Kelsey and the rest of the pass catchers. And I will say this. Yes. You played a little bit better against the Cowboys on defense. Congratulations, you got six sacks. But here's the thing. You got to find a way to tackle a little bit better, coach a lot better, and try to make the match, make most of your matchups. You guys, you guys got guys like Derwin James and Asante Samuel. You guys, Asante Samuel, you got guys like that on the team. And 
you're it, it is kind of hard to believe that they're 32nd in defense. That's just my my take. That they're, they're, they're like all at the near last level on defense. So you got to find a way to contain Kelsey and the rest of the pass catchers to try to have a chance at winning this ball game. On the other end, the defense needs to find a way to limit Justin Herbert and the offense. I think this offense is pretty good, and I think they're going to score points on Kansas City. I really do. I think Austin Eckler is a solid back. I think Justin Herbert is a, is a good quarterback, but he's got to play better than he did against the Cowboys to try to figure out a way to you know ice this game, right? Who do I have winning this one? Pretty quickly, I got the Chiefs winning this game close. I think the Chiefs are the much better team right now. Currently, I think they're. Gonna, I think the Chargers are are in desperate need of uh, more coaching, and I think they need. Uh, they're not ready yet in terms of that and in terms of defensive play. So Chiefs win. I'm going to give you a close. It's going to be closer than the experts think, though. I think a score of 21-17 will do it. I think Chiefs 21, Chargers 17, and I think that's that's pretty much the game right there. Chiefs 21, Chargers 17. Chiefs go to 6-1, and one, and the Chargers go to 2-4 and four on the year. Sunday night game, and we'll and you know then we'll go with Monday night football game. Dolphins at Eagles. Oh man, I cannot wait for this one. Both five and one, both solid teams. Uh, the Eagles coming off of a heartbreaking upset loss to the Jets. They lost their first game to the New York Jets in New York. Eagles come back home and play a solid AFC East, another AFC East team that's pretty solid and up there in the league in the Miami Dolphins. Keys to this game, and uh, it's pretty simple for the Miami Dolphins. You got to start your offense fast, and you cannot take your foot off the gas pedal. If you just start your offense fast, score the points, you're going to be fine, and, and, and I think you're going to be good. So start your offense fast. Fast. If you're the Eagles, you gotta protect, you gotta protect the ball better. Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, threw three interceptions, and it wasn't a good time protecting the ball for the Eagles. You just gotta protect the football a lot better in this game, especially against a white hot Miami Dolphins team. This is gonna be a game where I think points are gonna be scored. I think it's gonna be a little bit more high scoring. Uh, I'm gonna give you a, a good prediction here, and I would say a, a wild score. I think. Final score, and you're going to think, this, yo, wow, this guy's going for it here. I think the Dolphins beat the Eagles. I really do. I think the Dolphins get the Eagles. I think back-to-back losses for the Eagles are going to happen here. Dolphins defeat the Eagles and move to 6-1 and one by a score of 45-42. Dolphins 45, Eagles 42. I think the Eagles have enough power on offense to score with the Dolphins. I think that... It's not going to be enough in the end, and I think the Dolphins are going to win 45-42 in Philadelphia. Upset away game for Dolphins. They beat the Eagles 45-42 Sunday night to improve to 6-1. Eagles go to 5-2. Monday night football, 49ers at Vikings. The 49ers also lost their game. Uh, They lost to the Browns 19-17 after Jake Moody missed the field goal. Without Deshaun Watson, the Browns won. Vikings are two and four. Uh, it's a looking a little bit dim for the, for the Vikings right now, but let's just see what all happens here, right? Uh, we're gonna see. This, they're both beat up. They're both they're, these are two teams on Monday Night Football that are both beat up. You got, you know, you're without your star receiver with Justin Jefferson on the, on one end. You have for the Niners, you got three guys that are pretty beat up and star players. You got Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, who is a clear cut MVP favorite, and you got Trent Williams on the line for the for the San Francisco 49ers that's out and hurt. So now. 
Justin Jefferson's not playing this game, but there's a chance that Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, and McCaffrey come back in this game. So this could be a big part on how we predict this and how we kind of break this again down. Uh, overall, complete team, you got to give it to the Niners. Overall, complete, t- you know, overall with on offense, you got to give it to the Niners. Uh, defensively, you got to give it to the Niners as well. They're the they're the overall complete team, but are they going to get in their own way again? Because the Browns snuck up on them. Can the Vikings do the same with Kirk Cousins at quarterback? Now, here's some keys to this. You got to find a way to rattle Brock Purdy if you're the Vikings defense. You got to find a way to pressure him and rattle him into making some mistakes and making some errors that could probably get y'all, you know, some points and, you know, get y'all on offense to score some points. So find a way to rattle Brock Purdy. Now, key for the 49ers is to win the line of scrimmage battle against the Vikings O-line. The D-line has to beat the Vikings O-line, get a couple of sacks in and get some crucial stops in, uh, you know, led by Nick Bosa. And now Randy Gregory's on that team. So you got them along with Javon Kinlaw and a lot of those guys. So uh, the Niners got to overpower the O-line and win the line of scrimmage battle. So who do I have winning this ball game? I got the Niners winning, and I got the Niners rebounding after a tough loss from the Browns. So the 49ers beat the Vikings. The Vikings go to 2-5 and five at home. The Niners go on the road and beat them. They win by a score of 31-17. I think the Niners win 31-17 against the Vikings, and they end up going back to Santa Clara 6-1 and one and happy. The Vikings go back to the drawing board with 2-5 and five after a 31-17 loss to the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night football. So... That just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy. Again, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back and watch and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Leave likes on on each episode and leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Uh, X, Instagram, and Facebook, all you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow and like the pages there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Go and answer today's trivia question on today's story as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Again, big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday. We'll be back Tuesday for another college football edition of Pigskin Frenzy. We will go over week eight of college football and preview and predict week nine of college football. A ton of good games on this weekend. Until Tuesday, I'm Joel Norris signing off, and we will see everybody then. Till then, stay the course.